I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello there. You are listening to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Matt. And as always, I'm here with my wife, Courtney. Hello, Courtney. Hello. So this episode, we have decided to tackle the subject of goal setting. In particular, setting the right goals, quote unquote. The right goals. The yes. right goals, as opposed to setting the, the wrong, wrong goals. goals. <laughs> that awkward moment where you get the goal wrong. But actually, it is a problem. Mm. Uh, it is a problem with a lot of people, and it's one that um, we probably well, probably should have addressed before now, but hey, better late than never. Yeah, absolutely. I think so... Matt and I, with this episode, I think what we really want to try to get across is just firstly the main things in talking about what is the right goal. So Matt, I think I'll kick this question to you when someone says, okay, so we're talking about how to set the right goals here. So what is the right goal? All right. So we're going to start this discussion then by framing the problem or problems when it comes to goal setting. So as Courtney just asked, what is the right goal? Well, in my view, the right goal is the one that is so important to you, you're going to stick at what you need to do, even if you don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, pretty straightforward. That's how I roll. (laughs) That's how I roll. So then talking about some of the pitfalls that come with setting the right goal, we're looking at things like... Well, hang on. Oh. Courtney, in your view, what is the right goal? I completely agree with you. I mean, it it is really like... I mean, it sounds simple, but it really is that simple when you're talking about goal setting. It is simply having, having the right goal means having a goal that means more to you than anything else... And the sacrifices that come with uh, body transformation, with changing habits, changing your lifestyle, all those sacrifices are worthwhile because the end goal is so important to you. Okay, so I'll also ask the question then, what is the wrong goal? A wrong goal would be something where... You, I would, I would sort of describe it better something like, oh, I, I kind of really would love to do that, or I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind looking better, or something that has a hesitation when you say it, which I think is a, a massive alarm bell to begin with, which says, mm, is it really that important to you? I think a wrong goal also can be based around um, the fact that it might just not be specific enough. Or it might have the wrong uh, time frame attached to it. Mm. Those sort of things that I think can really bring down someone's goals. Uh, well said. I, I do happen to agree with that. I also think uh, the wrong goal is something can be something that isn't addressing a a pain point. So mm. you look at anyone that goes to the gym, anyone that does 
a weight loss program, a diet, anything that's out there, we're all trying to address some sort of pain point, whether we have you know admitted to it or not. There's, there's something or some things there that bother us. So if, if what we're trying to do isn't addressing those particular pain points, well, is the goal really realistic? So say, for example, if someone were to say, oh, my goal is to run, to run five kilometers without having to stop. But what makes them really, really upset is that they don't like what they see in the mirror and they try to avoid social situations because they fear they're being looked at and being judged because they're overweight. But what they say publicly is, I want to run five kilometers without taking a break. That's the wrong goal mm. because that's not, that's not the painful part, is it? No. And that's a big part of goal setting and that's what can make it hard is being able to sort of suck it up and be able to say what really actually does bother you. Yeah, and I think that comes back to finding your why and the trigger points that are related to that as well. Well, I suppose that's part of what this, this episode's about because when you think about it, it's, well, how easy is it to, to go to the gym or to undertake any sort of program, but you've got no clear destination no clear timeline, no clear powerful reason why you're doing what you're doing. So it's very easy to sort of go through the motions. Oh, I'm going to the gym today, but I actually don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, just because you feel like you have to or you need to. Well, I, actually... As opposed to you mm, want to because you want to achieve something. Uh, Courtney just touched on something that I think is worth worth bringing up in terms of you know, t- still talking right now about quote unquote, right slash wrong goals. Definitely the wrong goal is doing something you need to do or you think you need to do where the right goal is doing what you want to do. Mm. So whenever someone were to were say to me something like, oh, I need to lose weight. Well, I don't care what you need to do. What do you want to do? I mean, think about it. The human body, everyone needs to exercise. Everyone needs to look after themselves and, you know, eat good quality food, et cetera, et cetera, get more sleep, whatever. What do you actually want to do? Mm. So whenever I hear the word need when talking to someone about goal setting, uh, that's a red flag. Because yeah. honestly, what you need is kind of irrelevant because what you want will keep you on track. Yeah, I think that's a really great point you made, Matt. And I think while we're on that topic, we should also go into other examples that we've heard before of goals that are the wrong goals all right as opposed to the right goals all right so can we can we call this segment the your goals are shit segment (laughs) well we just did you just did call it that so can we yes we are calling it that so okay so just to frame this up so whenever Courtney and I meet with someone at our gym, whenever we speak with someone online about working with them online, remotely, etc., it pretty much goes through the same process. So step one is we need to ascertain why, what do you want to do and why do you want to do it? Okay, so a big part of that early step is, okay, so what's your goal? Now, if I get, if we get any of the following said back to us, We know that is bullshit. Okay. Number one, I just want to get fit and tone up. Piss off. No, you don't. 
You want to get fit and tone up, go for a run. So that's number one. Number two, I just want to get healthy. Okay, how specific is that? I mean, if you walk every day, your health's going to improve. So what does healthy actually mean? Am I right or am I right? Right. Right. The next one, I just want to feel better. Great. Feel better about what? (laughs) About the shoes you wear? About the clothes you wear? Or about what you see in the mirror? Again, specificity is missing here, isn't it? Oh, big word. Okay. We're not being specific. So those three things there are the the real red flags to me personally. Uh, Courtney, do you have any outside of that that stick out to you that you've heard before? Because they're the the three big ones for me. I I think they're the three big ones. And usually any other um, main goals that are the wrong goals, if not those exact words, are something around those three. Okay, something similar. Can Can we agree that... I want to get fit and tone up is the biggest bullshit goal ever. Yeah, it's it's a pretty bullshit goal because... A pretty bullshit goal or a complete, absolute, unquestionable bullshit goal? It is a bullshit goal, basically. Um, I, I think the other one here that you'd see when I'm talking about other things that you've heard, and but they all come back to these sort of three main ones, is get fit and tone up... Uh, other things that you might hear are things like, I just want to work on my fitness. Um, yeah, things like this. I, well, can I just say, though, I just want to work on my fitness could be a good goal if you are actually getting ready for an event. Well, that's the thing. So, obviously, being goal-specific here, we're, we're talking about people that are looking to transform their body and lose weight. Well, I mean... This is the weight loss podcast, isn't it? Hence. Last night, last we checked. Hence. Okay. So let's let's look at this. Let's look at why. So let's let's pick on get fit and tone up. Why, Courtney, I'll throw this to you first. Why is I just want to get fit and tone up a bullshit, horse shit, dog shit goal? Well in your mind. Well, A, it's not specific. That's a big, obvious thing that sticks out. B, no one who is looking to change their body shape really gives a shit whether they're fit or not. Like that comes later on. But your first inclination is not if you want to really, if you're really unhappy with the way that you look, your first thing that you think about is not, I just want to get fit. No, you don't. Well, isn't fitness a really a nebulous term? Because, I mean, you look at, like, I'll use Courtney and I as an example here. We are both very, very fit and we are both very, very unfit. Mm-hmm. Allow me to elaborate. So if you were to say, Matt, I want you to do repeated sprints up a hill. Okay, I can do that. I'm very good at that. I'm fit at that. If you say, Courtney, I want to get you to go into the gym and lift heavy weights repeatedly. She can do that. She's fit at that. Where if you say, Matt and Courtney, please jump in a pool and do endless <laughs> laps for half an hour. Um, Dead I'm, after one I'm lap. Not, I'm not going to last 45 seconds. I'm unfit at that. So the problem here really with fit is that it's such a generalized term that as Courtney said before, it's not specific. It is the direct opposite of specific. Yeah. And 
as you, as you mentioned before, Matt, I mean, if, you, if your goal is to be a marathon runner, yes, being fit at marathon, uh, long distance running, marathon running is essential to your goal. And if you are listening to this podcast and your goal is to run a marathon, could I please suggest looking up the marathon podcast? <laughs> but I think you're starting to get the gist of what we're saying here. Getting fit is not specific and it's not giving you a real a real tangible goal to strive for. More than that though, if you say I just want to get fit and tone up, let's let's break this down and be honest. Is that really what bothers you? Is that what makes you second guess what you do? Is it what makes you lose sleep at night? Is it what makes you avoid social situations for fear of being judged or not wanting to be, you know, the fat person? in the group of friends because I've been there. I think also the term tone up is bullshit because what the fuck does that even mean? Technically, tone up actually means to lose weight because it means to drop body fat. So it's just a a pretty weak way of saying it. But whenever someone says get fit and tone up, I immediately translate that in my head to they want to lose weight. They just need to know how to say it. I think that's one of the big things as well about setting the right goal is to be honest with yourself about what you really want. Well, that's step one, isn't it? I think that that comes back to things like uh, we've spoken about, Matt and I have spoken about in previous episodes about the fear of being uh, feeling like you're being vain, the fear of coming across as only looking at the vanity in a goal, you know, stupid shit like this. So our brains automatically go to, well, if I just say that I want to get fit and tone up, oh, it's more noble. Then mm. it's not going to make me seem like an asshole, <laughs> and it's going to be okay. <laughs> but that's really not doing yourself any favors because it's really not what you want. And if if you don't set a goal to be really what you want, then you're not going to achieve it because it doesn't mean anything to you. So I think our brains often tend to play tricks on us as well and try to tell us, well, if we just say this, then we'll look good. Or if we just say this, the other trick that it plays on us is if we just say we want to get fit and tone up, if we don't reach our goal of losing weight, then I don't look bad because no one knew that that's really what my goal was. So there's no accountability there. Can Can I just digress for a moment? Nothing that happens for the rest of this show will top you then just saying, I don't want to set a goal that makes me look like an asshole. That, okay, you win. Well, Hi- highlight of the show. Well, that's what we do. That's what we tell ourselves. You know, our, 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 the brain is a funny thing and it tries to play tricks on us in many ways. So, you know, no one wants to look silly. No one wants to put themselves out there and the ch- with the chance of not succeeding and looking silly, you know, no one wants to come across like you're being vain or or you care that much about the way you look because apparently it's not okay to care about the way you look. But we have established that actually, yes, it is. Yeah. So these are all things that lead to us discounting our goals, not being honest with ourselves about what we really want, in which case it leads to setting wrong goals and then that leads to not achieving anything because you're not even going to achieve a goal that's wrong because it doesn't mean enough to you so you won't stay the course and do it and that's where we talk about priorities yeah don't we because we know Courtney and I will will say this till we go blue in the face there are things about the whole weight loss process 
that we don't like, that you don't like, that no one is going to like. So that is an individual thing where Courtney detests the exercise part. I detest things like food shopping and cooking. So a big part of goal setting here is having a goal that is so important, you are going to do the things you know you need to do. Yeah, and Even I if you don't like them. Very good point. I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, because I think that also comes back to the word that everybody hates, which is sacrifice. And Oh, no. You, wait, you mean I can't lose 40 kilos by eating pizza and cake every day? No, oh. you can't, actually. So if Awkward. you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that Matt and I detest diets. We hate diets. We hate the idea of diets. Literally everything about the well, work. Well, they don't work. So that is not what we do. But I think then a lot of people get it in their minds that because they're not quote unquote on a diet, there's no sacrifice involved. There is always sacrifice involved. If I could get in the body that I wanted with doing the same thing I was doing before, I would. If I could get the body I wanted without going to the gym, because as Matt said, I detest going to the gym, I would, but I can't. So that is a sacrifice I have to make, because, but it is worth it to get what I deeply, deeply want. So there is a level of sacrifice that is always going to be involved here. And I know that Matt, I know that Matt and I, have, all we're talking about right now is what's the wrong side of goal setting. We will get to the right side of goal setting. But the other thing that I just wanted to bring up before we do get to the right side of goal setting is another mistake a lot of people make when setting goals and it ends up ending up being then the wrong goals is that they have an unrealistic time expectation. Yes. So I think you'll agree, Matt, that time expectations in, in goal setting is essential. Well, it's critical because it's, for a lot of people, well, for one, with us, with Courtney and I, it gives away where someone is mentally in terms of are they realistic about mm. how much of a hole they've dug for themselves and how long it's going to take to get out. Uh, a simple sort of generalized example here would be, let's say you have a mum in her early 40s who's been overweight for at least 10 to 15 years, hasn't exercised for probably just as long. And she thinks that she's going to do it all and lose five dress sizes in 12 weeks. No. To be blunt, fuck no. That's delusional. So it is easy to bring out... I think it's, well, it is easy to bring yourself unstuck with the time frame you put on your goals because, well... There is such a thing as a goal that's just out of reach too soon because it takes time to undo what we've done to ourselves in the past. So an issue there as well is that if someone thinks they're going to undo years and years and years of bad habits in 12 weeks, well, is, is there a quick fix mentality in place there? Yeah, I think so. And that's where you get that quick fix or diet mentality that is often at play. And then that can really undo. You could you could have the perfect right goal in mind. It's specific. It's exactly, you're being honest with yourself about exactly what you want. But you can undo all of that in a second 
by having a really unrealistic expectation of the time it's going to take to get there. Yep, and then when you don't get there, you think you've failed and this, this just doesn't work because I haven't corrected decades of bad habits and self-abuse in three months. Well, actually, that isn't the problem. The problem is that you thought that could happen in the first place. That's it, yeah. That's not how this shit works. Uh, take it from me, take it from Courtney, uh, take it from any of the clients that we've worked with that have had fantastic transformations. It's always going to take longer than you think. Absolutely, absolutely. So with that in mind, I think that it is time to move on, Matt, to let's let's talk about how we are going to set right goals. Okay, so we just spent... 20 or so minutes blithering on about the problem. Let's now give the solution. Mm. All right. So in my mind, step number one, when it comes to setting the right goal, we've got to identify what is it that bothers you the most? Mm. What is it that makes you lose sleep at night? What is it that makes you have anxiety, that makes you have you know poor social interactions, the thing that affects you the most. That's the pain point you were talking about earlier, Matt. Yeah, the pain point. What is it that bugs you? Yeah. And, and, and honestly, and uh, with step number one, it also has to come with a level of honesty. You really have to be honest with yourself. Not a level, a full yeah. level of honesty. Yeah. Don't think about what other people want your goal to be. Think about what you want your goal to be. What upsets you? Not what upset what other people say it should be. And this also goes back to what I was saying before about need versus want. So when you are working or looking to identify what is it that's bothering you the most, it's not what you think you need to do, it's what you want the most. Hmm. So if what, for example, you want the most could be, well, let's let's say that you, you might say to yourself, all I want to do is be able to go to the beach in bathers. Or for a, for a guy, I just want to take my top off at the beach. If that is what bothers you the most, then yep, you've probably you've probably hit the mark on your goal. I don't think when it comes to being honest with yourself about what you want, I actually don't think it's hard to be. I think it's hard to be wrong. Yeah. If that makes sense, where it's easy to get things wrong in terms of doing what you think you need to do. So as as Courtney and I have just sort of said. The first step is to set a goal, a long-term goal that you want to achieve that will improve you and your life, your relationships, your career, everything. Yeah, absolutely. So step number two, I think, Matt, you should touch on this one again because you were really the instigator in teaching me this step. The instigator. The instigator. Because working out once you've worked out exactly what the pain point is and you've been honest with yourself the next step is to work out how how painful is it really how how much of a priority is that to you okay so you look at at an adult's life what are the most important the most important things in an adult's life i'll give some examples if you're a parent obviously it's your children Mm. i mean duh okay uh, it could be your career. It could be your family. There's going to be a, a very small list of things that are top-level priorities. The question you need to ask yourself, is your weight loss goal up there among those things? 
So the question that Courtney and I ask people, once they've told us what their goal is, we'll ask them, okay, on a scale of one to 10, with one being the least and 10 being the most, how important is this to you? Now, there are really 10 possible answers to that question. Mm. There is only one that counts. And that is a 10. Why is that? Easy. If the goal you say you're working towards is anything less than a 10 out of 10 priority to you personally, guaranteed something is going to get in the way sooner or later and derail you. Yeah. That's where things like, oh, I don't have the time. I was just too busy. I got held back at work. It's so-and-so's fault. Little bullshit things that you allow to get in the way. Where, and I can speak to this personally, when it is a 10 out of 10, you will do whatever it takes. You will move heaven and earth to make sure that you get what you want. Absolutely. And I've also been on the other end of the scale where deep down something I've, I've been working towards has been less than a 10 out of 10. I don't get it because it just doesn't mean enough. No. And you can't force it. It has to come from within. So I hope that sort of explains that, Courtney. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is one of the really essential steps when I know when Matt and I are in our gym having uh, chats with new clients that we always ask or online, we always ask that question. So whether we're talking to them online via Skype or uh, Messenger or we're in our gym in person talking to clients, that is the uh, question we always, always ask them. Uh, because it's really essential that we know the answer to that, but also that our clients know the answer to that as well. And it's it does pay to answer that question when you're asking it to yourself as honestly as possible. But I've also noted over time that it is easy to delude yourself mm. into thinking it's a 10 and it's actually not. I mean, when it comes down to it, the proof's in the pudding as the cliche goes, you're not going to know until you actually, you know, the rubber meets the road and you start to apply yourself. But this, this step up front is very, very important early on. I agree because I think when you've just touched on that, Matt, I think for some people, the reasons why they're not a 10 might be because they are just not ready, might be because that they uh, want to put those other things in their life that mean the most to them above themselves or it might just mean that it's a safety mechanism to say that you're mm. an eight or a nine because then if you don't achieve your goal, then you can turn around and say, oh, well, I told you I wasn't a 10. I told you I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. So that's a great point. It's a lot of those things play into it and it can be that, that psychological barrier holding you back of fear of failing from saying you're a 10 because, well, if I don't say I'm a 10, then if I, I don't, Reach I don't it, look as bad. Well, then I can say, well, I told you so. I told you I wasn't going to do it. So all those factors play into it. But I, I totally agree with what Matt said. It's all about being honest with yourself um, and answering that question honestly. Yep. Uh, if you can say it is deep down a 10 out of 10, you're off to a really, really good start. Absolutely. So moving right along to step number three, which is setting realistic time frame for yourself. Yeah, and this, this goes, you know, it really plays off what we were saying before in terms of the time-based expectations. So as Courtney just said, you know, setting a realistic time frame, 
well, I suppose the first question is, what is realistic? And the thing is, when it comes to telling someone how long is it going to take for them to lose the weight they want to lose, well, how long is a piece of string yeah. to begin with? But there is, I think, well, we think there is a general guideline when it comes to setting uh, timeframes for your weight loss goals. The first guideline is it's going to take longer than what you want. Can we agree on that? 100%. 100%. That applies to everyone. It is always applied to me. It's applied to Courtney. still applies to us. No doubt will apply to you. It applies to everyone. So when setting yourself a time frame, understand it's going to be longer than you think and longer than you want. Yes. So we talk about goal setting, for example. The first goal we want to set when we're setting out our time frame is how long do I think it's going to take or how long will I give myself to get to my current big goal? Mm. So if my current big goal is, let's say I want to lose six dress sizes, which would look pretty funny, I might set myself, well, that, you know, that's, that's at least 12 months. Okay, cool. I might say a year and a half. So I, Matt, have a year and a half to lose six dress sizes. That's a long-term goal. That's a long-term mindset. I think that's fairly realistic. Courtney, would you agree? Yes. Okay. After we set our long-term goal, and it's a 10 out of 10 importance to us, you can then start to work on breaking that down into smaller goals, mid-term, short-term goals. Courtney, I'll let you take over on the, on the mid-term goals, the physical side of things here. Yeah, well, I think setting, breaking it down into progress goals, as you could call it, or mid-term goals, is really essential because a year and a half away is a really long time. Yep. And losing six dress sizes is a really big goal. And it is dauntingly big for a lot of people. So to only have that in your mind is can be quite dangerous because A, you can get uh, disgruntled along the way. It is, we all, we've sp- I've spoken about it in the past and spoken about how motivation is rubbish long-term. So you're not going to have motivation long-term. So it's really hard to constantly think to yourself, oh my God, I've got to lose six dress sizes. I'm losing six dress sizes. Oh my God, that's my end goal. So it can be a really daunting thing to look at. So breaking that down to medium-term, mid-term progress goals just means that you're giving yourself smaller targets to hit physically and that is in the lead up to your long-term goal. So you've got the top of your tree is your big long-term goal and we use the example of six dress sizes. Great. So let's break that down into maybe my first progress goal is to just lose one, one dress size. So visually in your mind, you can see that more so than you can see losing six dress sizes. You can't even imagine what you're going to look like at six dress sizes down, but visually you can see yourself at one dress size down and it's less daunting So you might just say, okay, for the next three months, my goal is to lose one dress size. And then the three months after that, your goal might be to lose two dress sizes or just another one dress size. But you're just breaking down whatever your end goal is into progress, smaller goals to get there because 
you can see it, you can visualize it, you can taste it. You can measure it. You can measure it. You're not going to have the motivation all the time. So it's going to keep you determined in reaching that long-term goal. Well said. Then I think, Matt, you want to talk about the other side of breaking down the the long-term goal? Yeah, the boring stuff. I'll take the boring stuff. Thanks for that. So (laughs) Courtney just sort of touched on then taking a large long-term goal breaking it down into into a midterm goal, so smaller steps. Uh, the way I like to work with people is that you break it down even further again because it's one thing to have these fantastic goals, you know, six dress sizes, one dress size down the next three months. Okay, what are you actually going to do to make this happen? This is where I like to set with my clients what I call procedural goals. Yes, they are boring as hell, but they are the things you need to do on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis to actually make these goals come to life. So with 99.9% of people, I set for them the first goal, which is, buddy, get off your butt and start exercising. Because that's the first and easiest goal to set. That's a very small short-term goal. Just get to the gym. Just get moving. Get your ass off the couch. Start lifting some weights. Start doing some cardio stuff. Great. No worries. Just get moving. Okay. The next procedural short-term goal might be, okay, you've now developed this habit of exercise. Well done. High five. Your confidence is up. You're making some steps in the right direction. The next little small procedural goal, well, how about you start now eating more of your own food and eating less of other people's or takeout food. So a bit more food prep, a bit more food shopping, just a little bit more time in the kitchen. And you can then break that down even further and go, okay, you've done that. Your next goal might be get half an hour extra sleep each night. It might be start taking notes, start recording what you're doing. So these small little procedural step-by-step goals, they're going to add up to the midterm goal of one dress size, for example, and then they are going to add up over a longer period of time to, in this case, six dress sizes. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense because it's the it's really the easiest way to explain it. And I think if you're when you're sitting down to write out your goals to work through this, it's a really good exercise to maybe even draw yourself a bit of a pyramid, split it up into three sections, and at the top put your ultimate goal. Put then put your midterm goals in the center. Your 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 progress goal, like we're mentioning about the the one dress size. Then at the bottom, put your as Matt just explained the procedural goals and the the uh, quote unquote boring stuff that it's going to take to get there. The habits that need to start being formed. The things that you need to do. The doing part of this goal setting. There always needs to be a doing part. That's where, you know, people often say to me, oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to put up on my fridge pictures of what I want to look like, things like that, which is great. But there always has to be a doing part. See, without the doing part, your goals just stay as dreams and they don't actually happen. So I think that's a really good exercise when you're, you're planning out your goals because I think, I don't know if you'll agree with me, Matt, but I think goals and goal setting within this fitness industry is completely underrated 
and it really needs to be utilised um, and put more emphasis on it. Yes, uh, I, I would say it is both underrated and complete bullshit. Underrated in terms of actual realistic, helping people set realistic time-based goals is indeed underrated and underused. Yeah. On the other hand, it is bullshit because the industry that, that Courtney and I works in likes to put in people's minds that they can do these amazing things in these short period of times, which yeah. quite frankly is false because if you could, well, we'd do it and that's what we do with our clients because, hey, if, if, that, if that's the way it works, we do it. Simple yeah. as that. So it is, it is bullshit in, in that mind or in that um, frame of mind. I'm just not a fan of the expectations that our industry sets for people, but realistic Smart, you know, the, the old um, to cliche, he's smart goal setting uh, is indeed underrated and underused. But when it comes to a, a transformation and a weight loss goal that sticks and someone that actually gets to their goal and is ready to keep it and maintain it, underrated, absolutely. It's, it doesn't get enough play. Yeah. And I also think that an issue present is that not enough trainers, PTs, coaches, etc., are really willing to probe their clients or their potential clients as to what their goals are. That's a great point. That's a great point because, I mean, Matt, you work with a lot of trainers yep. in mentoring them. Mm-hmm. So you see this quite often. Mm-hmm. And why do you think that is? Why do you think that trainers are afraid to probe their clients on this topic? Not confident enough. Mm. You have to be able to say to someone, in essence, I don't believe what you're telling me. I need to help you get this out mm. and get give me the actual facts here. I know I've done this long enough now and I'm confident enough to the point where if I hear the term get fit and tone up, I'm going to immediately say your goal is shit. Give me a better one because I know it is. And I think having been there and done that does help, but I think it is a confidence and an experience thing. Mm. where it, um, from a trainer's perspective, I suppose, if we think we've got someone sitting in front of us that's going to give us money, then to hell with it, let's just take them on. But the problem there is, and this is also extends to goal setting, you're not playing the long game. Yeah. You've got to think, okay, well, if I'm working with someone, what's the outcome here? From a trainer's perspective, is the outcome to get paid if you're good, you're going to get paid. Money will find you. So let's just get that out of the way right now. Mm. When I think long-term with people, I think, okay, are we setting ourselves up and putting ourselves in the best possible position to get a really fantastic transformation? Yeah. If the answer is no, then why are we doing this? Yeah. Why are we wasting our time? Mm. Why are we wasting our money? If the answer is yes then okay, let's, let's give this a real crack. But the goal setting part is so critical because that's what someone has to anchor all their efforts to. And I think us as trainers and coaches, the onus does fall on us to be able to help people identify and, and put it out there what the actual problem is and how willing are you to solve it. Yep. And I put it this way, anyone, I'm yet to see someone have a goal of get fit and tone up that got it. Yeah. 
yet I've seen people, especially ones where the people I've worked with and I've called them out on this and said like, hey, no, that's not going to cut it. Let's get more specific here. The success rate is dramatically higher because we have a clearly defined outcome and a clearly defined time frame. Let's go at it. And I've been guilty of it myself. Oh, so have I. Yeah, so have I. I think, I think most people have, to be fair. I think it's human nature um, to either chase goals that we really don't want or to have time frames that are unrealistic. Absolutely. Mm. So that is setting the right goals. I hope, so I hope that helps. We hope that helps. We hope that helps. So we will move on to emails. Thank you. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Sooner or later, I'm going to learn how to put our own music in for the emails. Yeah, that would be good. It would be fantastic. So we got an email this week from Jeff. Thank you so much, Jeff. Appreciate it. Uh, hey, Courtney and Matt. Love the show. Keep up the good work. You guys speak a lot about recording what you are doing. What is the best way to do this? Ugh. So I'm going to, as dangerous as this is, I'm going to assume, Jeff, that you're talking about recording what you're eating, recording your exercise. So what's the best way to do it? The best way to do it is the way that you can sustain. Mm. So take myself, for example. Um, I'm very, very quick on a keyboard. So I like to type. Mm. Courtney is not very, very quick on a keyboard. I'm not too bad. I just don't enjoy sitting at my computer. But Courtney will handwrite. Yeah. Where with with uh, the people that we work with through our uh, our online transformation program, we also encourage them to at least type it so they can send it to us so we mm. can then view it. But they can record it themselves any way they want as long as we get it. Absolutely. So if, if we get it through the online program, fantastic. We can help coach them up, no worries at all. How they record it for themselves is entirely up to them. It has to be what you can sustain. Yeah. So I'm a fan of PDF files. Courtney's a fan of pen and paper. Yeah, I just keep a notebook on the kitchen bench. Yep. Uh, and I know for me when I'm at the gym, I will put my workout details into my phone. And then when I get home, just uh, copy it into my, my workout file on the computer. That works for me. And I, again, have a separate notebook for my workouts where I write my program in there and then I fill in the numbers as I go. I, I really think when it comes to recording what you're doing, how you do it isn't as important as you are actually doing it. And I think that, Matt, you touched on a good point, which is whatever's going to be sustainable for you mm. because data collection and recording these sort of things is not an easy habit to form. Or fun. And it's not fun. It's not an easy habit to form. Sometimes it's easier for some people than others. I find it, have found it very hard of a uh, habit to form in my life. And it is a habit, isn't it? Whereas Matt has, I think, formed that habit of it quicker than I have. Uh, so it, different people will pick this up at different levels, but it's essential to stick with it. If you're finding that you might start on the computer, recording on the computer, similar to what Matt does, and you find that that's not sustainable for you, it's really hard, you're missing things, you're not, it's not working out the way you thought, don't be afraid to switch it up and just try putting it on paper and see if that works or vice versa. But 
just as long as it's all in the same place. So you haven't got bits and pieces on the computer, bits and pieces handwritten. It's all collected in the same central location and that you're able to sustain it so you can form that habit. Well done. Well said. So uh, we are going to wrap this up. Uh, Just quickly, both Courtney and I want to say thank you for listening this far into the episode. We appreciate you hanging around with us. Uh, We were hoping you could do us a very small favour. If you could go and visit www.theweightlosspodcast.com forward slash iTunes. That's theweightlosspodcast.com forward slash iTunes. We have set us, speaking of goal setting, Hmm. Courtney and I have set ourselves the goal of getting 50 reviews uh, on our iTunes page by the start of November. We're currently over halfway there and we need your help to get there. If you could be so kind as to go to theweightlosspodcast.com forward slash iTunes and leave us an honest review and your feedback, we would greatly appreciate it. Feel free to shoot us an email when you do this. We'll be happy to give you a shout out on the show. Uh, And on that note, I think we're going to call this a show and wrap it up. He's a wrap. He's a wrap. He's a wrap. He's a wrap. So hopefully this has helped. Hopefully you've got something out of it. You're welcome to email us at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com with any feedback or questions, and we will speak to you soon. See ya. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.